just use it for your glory, grow your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. All right, lay your hand on the person next to you and just begin to pray for them for about 30 seconds for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, for their eyes to be open, their ears to be open, their heart to be opened. Online community, right now, just stop for a moment, just pray and say, Lord, open my eyes. Tech team back there, Lord, open my eyes, open my ears, open my heart. Ask the Lord to touch you in a unique and special way today. You need him. You need more of him. Lord, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation be released in this church this morning. Open our eyes, our ears, and our hearts so we can engage with you and encounter you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Now give the person next to you a high five and say, wake up. All right, here we go. What do you think of when you, what do you think of when I say the word Satan to you? Huh? Enemy. Evil. Huh? Defeated. Oh, I'm preaching to the right church. Somebody else. Satan. Huh? Liar. Huh? Accuser. I asked somebody that this week and they said Hitler. I said, you know, that's, that's accurate. Because he was a manifestation of pure evil. And that's what Satan is. He's pure evil. And not only will he, not only does he get joy out of afflicting people and hurting people and ultimately sending people to hell, but he will use you and I to do it if we allow him. He will manipulate us. He will, he'll, he'll, he'll exploit our weaknesses, our jealousies, our envies, our lust, our greed, our anger. The Bible says, don't let the sun go down in your anger because it turns into wrath and you give a foothold to the devil. Wow. You actually, the devil can actually get access into our lives through things like wrath. Yeah. And unforgiveness and bitterness and jealousies and all these other things. They give access to the enemy into our lives and he can actually use us to hurt others. That's his whole MO is to afflict pain on the human race. Some of his other names, well, actually the name Satan means adversary or your enemy. Did you know that you have an enemy? Like, are you aware of this? That you have an enemy? And his name is Satan. He was kicked out of heaven because of his pride and arrogance and trying to overthrow God. He got sent to the earth. The 30 angels came with him. I hate Halloween. It just annoys me. This holiday annoys me. Because Satan gets magnified, right? And he gets celebrated. And, you know, we all think it's fun and games. But these are actually evil spirits who have been cast to the earth, a third of the angels, now they're called demons, and they hurt people. Some of his other names are serpent, prince of darkness, deceiver, and father of lies, and he's good at all of them. We cannot take him lightly, but we also cannot give to him what he doesn't have, and that is authority over us. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. In this Courage series that we're in, and today's the last message I'm going to preach on this series called Courage. I said last week that these two last areas I want to talk about, if you can have courage in these two areas, you're going to be enormously successful in life. Last week was courage in your relationship with God. 
That you can come face-to-face with God 24-7 with no shame, no blame, face-to-face, encountering Him, talking to Him, receiving from Him. It takes courage to approach the living God. But we can buy, if anybody remembers, how do we approach God every single time and experience His presence? Amen. I love that. But what is the pathway? What is the pathway? Come on. I got to re-preach last week's sermon. The blood of Jesus. Thank you, Brother Kyle. The blood of Jesus gets us in every single time. The other place that we as the church of Jesus need to have courage is courage against the devil. One of the things that really uh, bothers me deeply is a Christian who is afraid of the devil. I just want to say something clearly today, and that is, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, when it comes to the devil, you are not a victim. In fact, what we're going to see today is that believers can actually victimize the devil. You're not under him, you're over him. Positionally. But you need to believe this to have courage in your daily life as you're in hand-to-hand combat combat with the enemy. I was reading an article this week, and there was a house that these uh, this, this mom and her daughter moved into this house. And the daughter kept seeing this man with a hat on that was going down the hallways. They have a video camera in the house and one in the basement, and they sell chairs moving across the room down to the basement the cat they said would always like put its ears back and go down this particular hallway like it was following somebody so they contacted the previous owners and they said oh yeah we saw this said they described what this new family sees in their house they described the exact same thing now if that was in your house how would that make you feel Huh? All sorts of emotions going on here. You know, in reality, if you're sitting in a room and a chair goes from one side to the other side, you're going to, whoa. I mean, come on, be honest about that. I mean, you're going to be like, whoa. You know, there's going to be like some, whoo. For a believer, what it should make us feel like is we need to take care of that. And that's what I wanted to do. I literally thought about contacting the person, the homeowner, and saying, I will come out there and take care of that for you. I don't like people being afraid and victimized by the devil. As a believer, we have all authority over him. I remember uh, Smith Wigglesworth, those of you who remember him, he's a preacher that shook three continents with his faith. Illiterate plumber at the age of 60. He gets born again. His wife was a preacher. He gets saved. He's, in, a, he's in, in his bed, and in the middle of the night, his bed shook and woke him up. And he woke up, and there was Satan, Satan himself, not like a delegated evil spirit, Satan himself at the door, at his bedroom door. And Smith says, oh, it's just you. And he turned over and went to sleep. You see, when you know who you are and who the enemy is, according to the Bible, we are not afraid of him. In fact, we're going to see that he's afraid of us. 
my friend, who's a preacher, he was traveling. He was in a particular city, and he was in his hotel room. He woke up in the middle of the night, and there was these two red beady eyes at the end of his bed staring at him. And this voice said to him, you've come to my city. Get out of here, or I'm going to kill you. Now, come on. That's going to freak you out a little bit, right? It's easy to hear this while we're sitting in church and say, oh, no, I'll tell you what I would do. But I'll tell you what he did. Because when you know who you are in Christ, when you have that confidence, you will have courage, even in the most dynamic, dramatic, demonic encounters, you will have this courage that rises up if your mind is renewed to the word of God when it comes to this particular topic. And so he said to the demon, that's not true. Because if it was, you wouldn't be here telling me about it. That was the wisdom of God in the moment, right? Hmm. You're just trying to intimidate me. And that is the enemy's agenda. The apostle Peter said that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's not a roaring lion. He's like one. Jesus pulled his teeth out when he rose from the dead. All he can do is gum you to death, right? This is why Paul wrote to the Ephesians church, this whole reality I'm talking about, this truth I'm trying to tell you, like when you're battling things that are overwhelming you, crippling you, these fears, these anxieties, these lusts, these worries. The enemy's sending out spirits to create strife, to break up marriages, to drive kids away from Christ. It's spiritual warfare. This is real. I forget what I was saying. Oh, yeah. When these things are happening, if we only try to navigate them, negotiate them, deal with them with natural weapons like counseling and medication and encouragement and friendship, which is all important. But if we're talking about a spiritual reality, we have to fight them with spiritual weapons. There's two different realms. Jesus said that which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit there's two different realms you can't counsel a demon but you can cast it out you can't you really can't a, a person who becomes a christian literally one second after they become a believer can cast the devil out because they carry with them the same authority as jesus christ you carry the same authority in the realm of the spirit as Jesus Christ himself. Did you know that? This is what the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. And this is what he's praised. And this is what he writes in praise. And this is now what he's writing and praying to the gathering place church. Here we go. Ephesians 1. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened flooded with light you guys might want to be praying this for yourself right now as i'm reading this say lord let this happen to me right now 
flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. Wow. Wow. I am praying. He's saying, you have something, you just don't know about it. It would be like if you don't feel like if there's not enough uh, money for the end of the month, you can't pay your bills, and you don't know what you're going to do, and yet somebody has electronically transferred a million dollars into your account, but you just don't know it because you haven't checked your online account because you know what's in there. You think. Paul is saying, Christian, wake up. It's Halloween, but that's time to cast out devils, not run from them. If you just understood that you have a quadrillion dollars in your spiritual account. That's why he's saying, I'm praying, church, that your eyes would be open, that you would begin to know, what did he say? The immeasurable, unlimited, surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in you who believe. Do you believe? That's the question. Do you believe? These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead. In other words, the same power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead is the same power he's given to you, Aiden. It's the same power. That's insane. That's crazy. That you have the same power working inside of you and on you. The same power, the same measure of power that Jesus, God used when he raised Christ from the dead. That should take care of pretty much anything, right? And seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far, everybody say far above. Far, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, whether angelic and human or human. And far, everybody say far above. Far. See, this isn't. Here's Satan, and here's God, and they're going at it. No, 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 no. No. Jesus is way up there, and Satan is way down there. This is not an equal fight. This isn't Star Wars, where it's like, ooh, evil... Evil might win this one. Never. Far above all rule, authority, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age, but in the world that is to come. And put, okay, here we go. And put all things in every realm in subjection under Christ's feet and appointed him as supreme and authoritative head over all things where where in the church and he raised us okay we all have to read this one out loud come on come on come on here we come we're part of this party now you ready to say this out loud and he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. 
God raised Christ up above, far above all principalities of powers, rulers, dominions, every name that's named. And then when you said yes to Jesus, he raised you up and you sit with Christ next to God in the heavenly realm. And every demon on earth and under the earth knows it. But do you know it? That's the question. That's the issue. And I will tell you, demons know if you know it. Because when you're in confrontation with them, they like smell your fear. They feed on pride. They feed on fear. But if you know who you are in Christ, there's such a settled confidence in you, and you just take care of business. But he says, I pray that your eyes be open, that you would begin to know. Now, let's look at the first disciples as they began to know about everything I just said to you guys. I love this passage, Luke chapter 10. When the 72 disciples returned, this Jesus was casting out demons. He was healing everybody. And then he said, okay, now you guys go do it. So they go out and they try it for the first time. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported them, Lord, oh my gosh, even the demons obey us when we use your name. This was a tax collector. These were fishermen. These were just average Janes and Joes. Jesus passed up. The seminary and he went right down to the fish yard these foul-mouthed sailors these guys who were just slugging it out and just i mean uneducated untrained is what they were tagged that was their that was who they were and they go out to do ministry that's why we are so committed to the leadership of the church training you to go do ministry wherever you go that's what jesus did the Son of God chose these people that nobody else would ever choose, demonstrated the kingdom of God and said, okay, you guys see how I just did that? Okay, now you go do it. And they're like, what, what, wait, what, what? You remember the time that there were 20,000 people, 5,000 men, women, and children? And Jesus says, they're tired. We need to uh, feed them. Philip, why don't you take care of this? And Philip, he was given Philip an opportunity. And Philip said, well, how can we feed them? There's so many of them. And all we have are two loaves and three fish. I believe Jesus was trying to give Philip the opportunity to do a miracle. Right there. And he said, okay, let me have the loaves and the fish. And then he blesses and multiplies them. And he feeds everybody with the loaves and the fish. He's trying to teach these guys how to operate in the supernatural. He's trying to teach us the same. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Dad kicked him out of the house. Look, I've given you authority over all the power. Oh, this is so important. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes, scorpions, and crush them. Nothing will hurt you. Now, first of all, what was the key to their ability to tell demons what to do? in the name yes his authority rests in his name peter and john knew this that's why when they're going to church one day they're going up to pray walking into church and there's a guy who had been laying there lame in his feet his entire life and the guy gets their attention and he says hey i need some money will you guys give me some money i'm begging here like i always do and they said 
we don't have any money. But what we do have, we give to you. And what did they say to him? Come on, what did they say, church? Rise up. What? In the name of Jesus. Everybody say the name of Jesus. See, all the authority is wrapped up, all of heaven's authority, all authority is wrapped up in that name. That's why they said this. Acts 3. After they healed the guy, they said, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in the name of Jesus has healed him before your very eyes. Now, why is there such power in a name? What, what is that about? What does the name of Jesus represent? Salvation. Reality. Authority. It's like when a police officer says what? Stop. What? In the name of the law. What does that mean? That means all the judicial system is behind me. Stop in the name of the law. It's not just that one officer and the one criminal. It's the officer and the entire police force and the entire judicial system behind this individual who's representing the authority that's going to put you in jail and, you know, put you through the system. Stop in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting about what he said to them. Jesus said to his first disciples, look, understand, may your eyes be open. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. These two things are completely different. They're two different words for power. One's authority, and, and that's the, that is the right to exercise power. You can have the right, but you might not have the power. You might not have the ability to accomplish what you've been given authority to accomplish. Or you can have power, which is the dynamis, which is the explosive ability to do something. You may have power like missiles, but you don't have the authority to use them. Jesus said to his disciples, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. The enemy has supernatural power. But you have authority and power. You have the authority of Jesus Christ that's in his name and the power of the Holy Spirit to do something about it. Say, I have authority and power. And Satan does it. Bam. All right. I remember this one time when I was, uh, my secretary wanted me to meet her boyfriend. And so we were at a Black Angus down in Sports Arena, where my office was when I was in business here in San Diego. And I'm just eating my steak, and he's talking to me about how, oh, well, I'm a scientist, and, and, and my wife is a scientist, and we have scientists in the church. I'm not saying being a scientist is less than, it's, it's actually. You get to know more about God because you get to study his creation. It's just profound. But in his, the reason he said that was because he said, I don't believe in anything. I can't touch, see, taste, smell, or hear. 
And then he said, and I've read every Stephen King book and I've watched every Stephen King movie. And I just nonchalantly said, I don't even know why I said it. I said, well, you've opened yourself up to demons. And I'm just eating my steak. And then it got really quiet. And I looked up and he literally was gripping the table like this. And his, his knuckles were turning white. He was squeezing the table. And I looked in his face and I was like, oh. Oh, he's manifesting right here. I want to eat my steak. Dang it. And his girlfriend was going, you know, his name was John. She went, John, John. And she tears coming down her face because he like couldn't breathe. So I, so I, I thought, okay, we got to take this outside. Kind of like my old bar fighting days, you know. I said, all right, we're going to take this outside. Now it's spiritual warfare. We're going to take this out to the parking lot. And so I, I grabbed his hand like this. And he grabbed my wrist with his other hand and about crushed it. And I realized I'm not dealing with John anymore. And I looked at him. Now, this is my point. If you don't know who you are in Christ, which I took, I took scripture. I was a young Christian. I was in my early 20s. I took a ton of scriptures on who I am in Christ, my identity. There's an identity crisis in the human race. It happened since the fall of the Garden of Eden. When I first got saved, the first thing I did was memorize and meditate scriptures on who I am in Christ. And then when I needed it most, it was there for me. I was ready. And I realized I've got to speak directly to this evil spirit. And I had no fear whatsoever because I know who I am in Christ. It's not me against the demon. It's him against stop in the name of the law. And I said, we're taking this outside. <laughs> and he got up. We walked outside. We're, I'm trying to get him down to my office, which is a strip mall. And there's a movie theater. And as I'm going down the, the sidewalk, the movie's let out. And now there's hundreds of people flooding the parking lot. And who knows, maybe they just watched a horror flick and now they're going to see the real thing. And he stopped and he starts foaming at the mouth. And he's, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I looked him in the eyes and I took authority. He said, later he came to my office and we went to my apartment that night. He and his girlfriend led him to Christ. He said, every time he said, I, there was something, there was, he said, this is the way he described it. There was like a, a hole inside my soul and something was trying to suck me through it. And I knew if I got sucked through that hole, I, I would be gone forever. I don't know what that means. That's just the way he described it. And he said, but every time you would lay your hand on me and speak to that thing, it would let me go. Now that has nothing to do with me as a human being. You see, Paul was casting out demons, and so there was a priest in Jerusalem, and he had seven sons. They're called the seven sons of Sceva. You can read it in the book of Acts. And they tried to cast the demon out of some guy, and they said, We command you in the name who, that Jesus, we, we command you in the name that Paul preaches to come out of him. And the demon says, You can read it, it's right there in the Bible. The demon says, Well, we know who Jesus is, we know who Jesus is, and we know who Paul is. But who are you? It's all about identity. Young people, I'm telling you, you're battling identity crisis, senses of unworthiness. And, you know, do you know that God says you are his special treasure? Not just a treasure. You are a special treasure. God has a treasure box 
and you're in it if you're in Christ. And every one of you is a gem and a jewel. But the enemy is telling you you're trash. And when you believe that, it cripples you emotionally and mentally and jacks up all your relationships because you hate yourself. But God is saying to you that you are his special treasure. He gave his son for you. You see, if you know who you are in Christ, low self-esteem disappears. Because your esteem is in Jesus. I am a well-loved child of God. I am made in his image. I am magnificent, Psalm 139 says. Psalm 139, he had a a revelation of it. He says, look at me. Just look at me. I'm amazing. That's not pride. It's what I call humble confidence. And this is the posture we must have, and I want to I'm going to shift gears and I'm going to close with this. This is the posture you and I must have in spiritual warfare. It's not cocky. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to call the devil names. Yeah, because that's arrogance, pride, and cockiness. What we need in spiritual warfare more than anything else is humility. Humility goes low and the missiles fly over our heads. When you're standing up here on the battlefield like, yeah, that is not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm saying that we are hidden in Christ. And nobody wants to mess with Christ. It's what I call humble confidence. This is what, I just coined this term for myself. It works for you great. I know that all my authority and power comes from Christ, not from myself. So I put all my trust in his mighty name and use it with utmost confidence. We are not out picking fights. We don't go pick fights with demons. That's, that's stupid. Unless God tells you to. Like when God told Elijah to go call all the prophets of Baal out. We're going to do this big demonstration. But that is if God calls you to go pick a fight. We are not called to go pick fights with the devil. We are called to go preach the kingdom. And if we run the devils along the way, we just take care of business. It's, it's a very important distinction. But when we run into the enemy, we do take care of business. There's three places the Bible says, and Peter, James, and John all use this word, and that is resist. It's antihistamine, which is where we get the word antihistamine from, which is to stand against, to stand face-to-face against an adversary, standing your ground just as antihistamine puts a block on histamine. When you have a nasal condition and you, you, know, you spray some of the uh, antihistamine up your nostrils you know, and it stops the, the histamine, that's what we are to do with the devil. We stop him. That's why, I don't have time now to read these scriptures, so I'm, I'm out of time, but uh, Paul says in Ephesians that we are to resist the enemy. Peter says in First Peter, we are to resist the enemy. But this last one, I want us to read because we're going to close with this because it's so important. James 4, this scripture blows my mind. It's two sentences in one scripture. 
it says, therefore, everything John just preached, that's why the therefore is there in the Bible, because they knew I was going to preach this, so they put the word therefore. Therefore, everything John just said, therefore, submit to the authority of God, period. That period's very important. Because if you try to exercise the second part of this verse without doing the first part of this verse, you're going to get your clock cleaned. You can't walk out onto the battlefield rebellious against God and speak to the chief rebellious spirit and try to tell him what to do. It says submit to God. What does that mean? What does it mean to submit to God? Somebody talk to me. What does it mean to submit to God? His ways, acknowledge him, pick up your cross. Trust. This, this is the way I boil it down. Do God's thing, not your thing. That, that's my big theological statement. I think it covers all the bases. In fact, I got it from Josiah this week. As he was helping me prepare my sermon. Our, our cameraman back there. Do God's thing, not your thing. That pretty much covers all the bases. And the Bible says this. If you and I will submit to God, say, Jesus said it this way. Your will be done, not mine. Your will be done. It's a submission of the will to God. Now you're under his covering. Then you stand up and do the second part of this verse. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And this is the part that blows my mind. And he will flee from you, Lois. From you, Kenya. Can you believe it? From you, Elvis. Yes, Elvis is in the building. From you, Elvis. This blows my mind, you guys. People are so afraid. Christians that are afraid of the devil, it's simply a lack of knowledge. Rather than us running from the devil, that scripture literally says that he will flee from you, Mark. Isn't that shocking? What does the word flee mean? Look what it means. Look what the word flee means. It's coming up here on the screen. To escape danger, that's you. No, that's you. He's talking about you. That the devil will escape danger by flight. To flee something abhorrent. He sees you, Gary, as abhorrent. To seek safety by flight. Some of you are bound by the enemy today. You're tormented in your minds. You're getting sucked under emotionally. You're believing lies of the devil about yourself. Or there are attacks on your life that are just frontal attacks like my wife and I've had numerous times. And I would try everything I could until I decided to stand up and rebuke the enemy. It hasn't happened every time. Not even most of the time. But sometimes when I realize, wait a minute. I think I'm being attacked because it's so easy to assess everything in the natural. And it's like, wait a minute, this could be a spiritual attack. 
it manifests itself in very natural ways, which is why we don't see it as the enemy. But he's really sneaky. He understands human nature. He operates in the natural realm. I mean, like through very natural means. And if it's spiritual, we need to address it. And so that's what I want to do right now. So will you just stand where you are? I want us to address whatever it is you are battling because it might be spiritual. It could be a physical ailment in your body. It could be that you have not humbled yourself and you're operating in pride or you're defensive. And it's wreaking havoc on your marriage or your relationship. It could be something natural like insomnia. It could be mental torment where you're just believing lies and they are just sucking you under. Whatever it is, I want us to, I want us to come against the enemy. The first thing I want us to do together is submit to God. Okay? Spirit, soul, body. Right now, everybody just right there in your own way, online, join us in this. We're going to submit to God, submit our will to God.